What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this hour of football full circle, joined by Rich Germanello. He is the co-host of College Football Today, joins us here every week and rich uh how you doing bud i hope all is well things are good how about you guys doing okay hanging in there it's always nice to talk to you guys yeah it hasn't been a banner week for college athletics i'll tell you that much so um uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't get your take on everything that's gone on here uh i'll i'll give you the floor first and then i'll try to weave in some quotes and some uh really the the despair that is starting to set in over the college football season Yeah, you know what? We've spent the past few months, guys, waiting for some kind of indication of what's going to happen uh, end of August, uh, early September, week zero, week one. And it has been so quiet since uh, this pandemic hit our shores uh, end of February, early March in terms of college sports. Now, basketball aside, we know what happened in March. But as far as college football, the thought was we have such a long runway. We have five or six months to prepare for this. Uh, We'll be ready to go. Uh, We were on the air together probably uh, just before Memorial Day. Uh, Looked very positive. Uh, Cases across the country were declining. Certainly in our tri-state area, we were coming out of this in New York and New Jersey. So I was bullish. I think you guys were optimistic as well. And and then June happened and, and the entire tenor and tone of college sports uh, has changed. We've seen each of these dominoes fall. Uh, a couple of days ago, big news out of the Big Ten saying that conference only at best. And, and if you listen to some of the folks in the Big Ten in their offices, uh, Gene Smith, the athletic director of Ohio State, uh, finally, we're starting to get some kind of an indication, and it's not what I wanted because uh, people are very pessimistic as to what this season in college football is going to look like. 
Yeah, and as uh, we have a quote up on the screen via Ari Wasserman, who writes, uh, the Ohio State beat writer for, college, for The Athletic, he says, quote, I'm really concerned, said Gene Smith when asked about his optimism, uh, concerning the, about his optimism that football will happen in the fall. Quote, when you look at the behavior of our country, and in May, we were on a downward trajectory. Now, if we're not the worst in the world, one of the worst in the world. So he's feeling that impending doom. I, I would throw it back to you, and then we'll get George's thoughts on this as well. I just, with all, with the number of athletic directors that came out in the spring and through the ensuing months saying that if there's no students on campus, we can't play football, do you think that that ice is melting a little bit on that stance? Do you think they'd be willing to play if the students are at home, but the players can get out there? Yeah, I, listen, I, I think uh, as disgusting as it sounds, if there's an opportunity to pull it off, I'm not saying that I agree with this, but I, I do think, particularly when you get down to ACC country, SEC country, if there's an opportunity to play football with or without students on campus, I believe primarily because of dollars and cents, they would give it a shot. It is that big of a deal. Um, I know what the pulse of SEC country is, guys. I, I know what fans think. I know what administrators think. I know how much money this will mean to those universities. Again, I'll stress the fact that I don't agree with this stance. With or without students on campus, I do think there are a handful of schools that will absolutely try to pull this off. George, I tend to agree with him, but it rips the um, it rips the veil off once and for all of saying, "Hey, this is about student athletes. It's about students, about academics. You can never say it again." I, I don't. I I haven't really wanted to hear it to this point. In many instances, I've met a lot of great athletic directors, athletic administrators that are at D two and D three schools and low D one, and they're not really making big money, but. When the Power Five guys that are the football schools tell you a few months ago, there's no students, we're not playing. And then fast forward to August, there's no students and the players are out there warming up uh, for the season. It's all BS. It just is. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I completely agree. Rich said it. It's dollars and cents. All right. Money rules everything. So if they think they can make some money off this, they're going to try and play. It's why I keep beating the drum of who is protecting the players. Yeah, it, this is different from the NFL. They're getting paid. And they'll be advised by everybody, you know, from everybody, from family on down to experts about whether or not they should play, how much risk they're at. These college players, we don't know that they are. We just don't know. It's why, uh, you know, what have we heard over the past two weeks or so? We've heard of COVID parties where college students are trying to get it. Because they think this is like back in the day with chicken pox parties where you get that because your parents wanted you to get it, all get it, get rid of it, and move on, right? And they want to, no one realizes that, A, there's no guarantee you can't get this again, or that it's much worse than what just a common flu. You might have really serious symptoms that could last for a long time. It's just silly to me. And this is where college, this is how college kids think. They're not quite adults yet, but they think logically. They think silly stuff like this. Oh, I'll get it now. I'll be fine by end of July, early August, and we go on. We move on and I'll be good for the rest of my life. You know, it's no one, they have to be protected against each other. Now, I wonder this, and this is a thing, uh, we don't know if this is going to happen, but I think it's going to come into play. How can college sports justify playing 
if Major League Baseball has to shut down in, let's say, early August, mid-August, before the college football season starts, how can they justify playing when a major league professional, people getting paid, say, this is too dangerous. I think it's happening they, way too much. I think that, Rich, I think that would actually halt it. That would be it. I think uh, that would be no it. no question. It's yeah, the, no, I, that is, the, the as much as you're right, I, and I, we are and simpatico on this, and I think they're going to barrel through all of this stuff to try to get out there. Yep. If the NBA or MLB has to shut it down, they can't. They can't yeah. do it. A hundred percent, Mike. Uh, you know, the, the professional sports leagues have always been in this scenario, the canary in the coal mine. And, and I think college sports, athletic directors, administrators, NCAA, they have always been looking at what happens with the NBA, what happens with the NHL, what happens with Major League Baseball. If for pandemic reasons, not anything contractual or negotiations break down, if it's in terms of the pandemic, if it's health right. related, that a professional sports league cannot get off the tarmac, shut it down now, you have zero chance of moving forward with uh, with college athletics. And let's not forget, you know, we're in an era right now, at least in 2020, where student athletes, college athletes now realize they have leverage, they have a voice. We've seen that, we've talked about it in past shows, the Marvin Wilsons, uh, KJ Sales down at South Florida, a lot of kids. Yeah, exactly, using their uh, place. They understand now that they have an opportunity to speak out uh, and initiate some level of change, don't discount the fact that if this starts to look a little bit shaky and, and, and they are trying to sort of jam it through, don't be shocked at all if uh, some of the star athletes in college football don't step up and possibly step away from uh, their final season of eligibility. Yeah. Um, you know, the spring football thing, I, I, George, you and I talked about that in a previous show, the spring football thing. I, I just think that would be really messy. Logistically, it would potentially compete with basketball and the NCAA tournament, it would leave uh, draftable players, particularly high-profile draftable players, George, to say, "I'm out. I'm not. I'm not playing," and it would really ruin a season. Uh, plus, we also talked about uh, that would effectively be putting putting two football seasons inside of the same calendar year. So, you want to, health health risks abound if that happens, and it's not just COVID related. Oh, there's no way. There's no way they're gonna play 20 games in nine months, <clears throat> right? That's what we're looking at. If they do that, you're gonna play start in March. You're gonna play one season, get a couple of months off, and play the next season. That's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. <clears throat> no, they can't do that. <clears throat> Think about the pro players. How they're going bananas over playing one extra game a season, and you're gonna have the college kids play 10 more in the calendar year. No, that's that's not gonna happen. 10, 12 more. It's not gonna happen. They can't happen. And the other reason you mentioned it as well. TV's not going to want that. They have other things lined up that they're paying for, right? They're not going to be able to fit college football into their schedule. At least not every game that they want to fit into their schedule won't be able to do it. And as I keep saying, I don't know why any top athlete, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, I don't know why they're playing this season. You know you're going to be drafted the top five, top ten anyway. Why? Take I agree chance? with you. Why the hell would you play next spring? That I would be just, nuts. Rich, you've talked about Trevor Lawrence is like a different kid. Mm-hmm. In that regard, but he's even got to be receiving some sort of guidance. Or and Justin Fields, Trey Lance, insert whatever quarterback or premium player you want. They have to receive, be receiving some guidance to be like, you know, you don't have to do this. Yeah. You're probably a first round pick if if you don't step out there. 
And if you don't want to do it or you're scared to do it or you think this whole season is a, a big joke because how are we going to crown a champion and all this stuff, then just don't do it. Just do what Nick Bosa did, except do it a, a couple months early. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, George brought up a great point, too, and, and something that I've been watching closely and I'll continue to monitor, which is, you know, we're not sure um, if there are going to be some long-term effects. So so what happens if the star-wide receiver, Jalen Waddell at Alabama, Devontae Smith at Alabama, what happens if there is some kind, I'm not predicting anything, but I think if I'm a uh, 20, 21 year old uh, superstar athlete with first round or second round money on the horizon, I would be worrying about my long term health if there's some impact on my lungs, on my uh, respiratory system. Uh, there has been talk about that. Uh, you know, we know that younger people are now getting it. Thank God they're they're not succumbing to this, but that's not a guarantee that there aren't any long term health impacts that uh, that could hit them. So. Uh, this to me looks like a complete mess um, uh, that's awaiting us, and and now we're in uh, just about mid-July. The dominoes have started to fall. Ivy League, Big Ten, no conference play. Pac-12, ACC. I expect to see uh, do the same exact thing. So I I don't know where we go with this. I do think we'll start. I would be shocked if we finish with a season in college football. All right, got to do it. Here it is, George. I know you're already laughing percentage george that they get the seat well we'll do two we'll do it rapid fire so we only got like 90 seconds percentage that the season starts on time and percentage that we're able to finish the conference only season i'll give 60 percent that it starts on time and i'm gonna keep going lower uh and i said 33 last night and i think that was too high for me i think it really should be lower that but i said 33 one and three so i'll stick with it all right uh, Rich, percentage that they start on time, percentage that they complete their conference only season. Yeah, I, I was so so funny. I was going sixty percent that it starts on time. I'm, I still would be above fifty percent. Finish it. I'd actually be lower, guys. I'd put it at ten percent. I'm gonna go higher on the start on time because I think they're that. That's how they're focused. They're just tr desperately trying to get games on TV. And I'll say that none of the major sports get shut down. So sixty-five percent. Uh, that they start on time and uh, ten man, you've challenged me. You've oh, you've, you've gone down. You've, you've prices righted me. I my previous iteration, I said one in five. You're going one in ten. Um, go split it. Go fifteen, Mike. That's a fifteen percent. So there we go. That's good job. That's very pragmatic of you. We'll, we'll come right back. We'll talk about Jim Harbaugh and why his contract ex extension hasn't happened. I wonder why. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. 
So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. And George Kurtz, please follow us all on Twitter at SportsGrid, on Instagram at SportsGridTV. Find each of us at our respective names, at Rich Germanello, at George Kurtz, at Mike Blewett, all on Twitter. So um, story I was reading here on NBC, on College Football Talk on NBCSports.com. It's about Jim Harbaugh and that fact that they were working on an extension prior to the pandemic hitting. So... He says here, rightfully so, there's bigger fish to fry for our athletic director or our administration, me as a coach. Uh, he said via an interview, uh, it hasn't been on the top of the priority list. I would expect something that there would be an announcement at some time. So it seems like they're working on this extension for him. I've always wondered, Rich, how long he really wanted to be there. Uh, we've talked ad nauseum about his inability to beat Ohio State, but is Jim Harbaugh just going to settle in here for the long haul and, like, this is his last gig? What do you think? Uh, you know, I have long believed, uh, well, two things. One, I thought it was a good hire, and he has underwhelmed uh, back at his alma mater in Ann Arbor. Uh, and number two, I, I always thought the long-term play for Jim Harbaugh was to go back to the NFL. I, I think what he craves, he's super competitive, as we know. I think he craves the Super Bowl title more than anything else. But now that... He's at Michigan, has not gotten over the hump, has definitely had success, elevated the program from the Rich Rodriguez, uh, Brady Hope days. It's a, it's a better program. There's better talent, especially on the defensive side of the ball, uh, than his predecessors had. So kudos for that. But obviously, you know, they didn't pull Jim Harbaugh out of the NFL just to get to nine win seasons. Uh, needs Big Ten titles, needs to beat Ohio State, as you mentioned, needs more quality victories, and, and quite frankly, needs to do a better job with his quarterbacks. Uh, you know, I, I think Shea Patterson was a major gem to pull him out of Ole Miss, a uh, talented quarterback, four, five-star blue chipper when he came out of high school, begins his career in the SEC, goes to Michigan, and then flatlines and, and quite frankly, regresses. So, I think right now, in terms of a contract extension, I, I don't think there's any hot seat talk. I, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be there for the time being as long as he wants to. But I think the optics would be horrendous. I mean, as uh, athletic budgets take big hits, as coaches take uh, pay reductions, as programs outside of football and basketball get eliminated, I think to even, you know, to have an announcement where he would get a contract extension, especially 
in light of the mediocrity that has followed him, I think would just look horrible. George, uh, Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel has said more than once that he wants to lead the Wolverines. Uh, he wants Harbaugh to lead the Wolverines until he chooses to retire from coaching. Like Rich said, I was, he thinks that Harbaugh, and I think this as well, Harbaugh has always sort of had an eye on the NFL. Now, there's an interesting family dynamic, right? His brother's the head coach of the Ravens. He's won a Super Bowl. Jim's never won that Super Bowl. Uh, but on the flip side, his dad, Jack Harbaugh, was a longtime college football head coach. And he settled in. That was his life, right? Western Kentucky, longtime head coach. So is Jim choosing to follow his dad's footsteps or going to go back and try to beat his brother like he failed to do in the 2012 season? Yeah, I think most of us assume that Harbaugh, I don't want to say this was a, a stepping stone back to the NFL, but that eventually he would lead back there. But you do wonder, is he comfortable now where he is? The fact that the AD said, hey, you can, I want you to stay here until uh, I'm gone, sort of leads you to believe that he, uh, he's happy there. It is strange when you cannot beat your main rival, right? you got to beat Ohio State. And I was actually going to ask uh, Rich, at one point, is, uh, isn't it's great that recruiting's better for us now because you got Harbaugh. People want to play here because of you. They know you from the they know the name Harbaugh. But at one point, do you have to beat Ohio State? I mean, it's, it's sort of comical after a while you can't beat this. If the Yankees couldn't beat the Red Sox, the Yankee manager's going away. You know, you got to beat the Red Sox. You see that in every sport, you got to beat your rival or else it's gone. So I would ask, at what point is the money he's bringing in not worth the fact that, as Rich said, you're only winning nine games? At what point is it just too much? I think Rich brings up another great point is, do you really want to give him that big name, uh, that big money contract right now? And what in this, uh, what's going on in this country? Yeah, I mean, just to to address the rival issue, I, I think as much as uh, any sport, college football, if you can't beat your rival, uh, eventually there's an expiration date on your career at that university. We've we've seen it, you know, John Cooper at Ohio State, successful uh, head coach. This was, you know, a flip. Couldn't beat Michigan. Uh, at some point you go. I, I, I think, I, I don't know what the timetable is. I wouldn't even predict. Is it two years, three years? I, I don't know. But if it continues, and I'll throw one more thing out, guys, too. It's it's bad enough when you can't beat Urban Meyer. But if it gets to a point where you can't beat Urban Meyer's successor, a young coach in Ryan Day, I think at that point you've got to be like, we might need some kind of a change. Again, I don't know when that is. I'm not convinced that Michigan automatically can do better? Like, who's the guy out there that you say, okay, that guy is automatically going to get them to the mountaintop, 11, 12 win seasons, Big Ten titles, and threatening for a, a college football playoff. Uh, but at some point, he's got to get over. You know, if, you, if you're the Auburn head coach, if you're Gus Malzahn, and you can never beat Alabama, at some point, the administration's going to pull the plug. Yeah, Ward Manuel, that, the AD, is a former Michigan football player. I think they might have overlapped. Ward might be a little bit younger. Uh, he said he's been happy enough, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to engage in these talks and have them in 2021 and beyond. A deal. He's currently has two years left on a deal that pays him seven million a year. He's 47 and 18 as the head coach. 0 and 5 against Ohio State. However, Rich. The Ohio State thing is bad, and I think you're right. Like, at what point does it become untenable to keep them there? But what's their record? Forget Harbaugh. What's their record? They're like they've lost 16 of the last 17, right? Something oh, yeah. along those lines. Yeah, it's, you mean you mean it's not a rivalry. rivalry? Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting too because I don't think there's any singular inherent advantage that Ohio State has over Michigan. Both have great facilities. 
Uh, both have you know, basically essentially the same recruiting bases. Jim Harbaugh has done a great job of moving outside of the Midwest, uh, plucking players out of New Jersey, for instance, the Jabril, Jabril Peppers-type players, going down to Florida, uh, getting those Sunshine State players. So he's getting the quality players. It's interesting to me, too, because Don Brown's defense has been exceptional. Well, that, That's been a championship-caliber defense for the Wolverines, the, the shortcoming really has been the offense more than anything else. And you would think, you know, Jim Harbaugh, former quarterback, former NFL quarterback, that wouldn't be so much of an issue. That's the real indictment for me and Jim Harbaugh. And then one more quick thing about Harbaugh. He is such a lightning rod. And we saw it again just a couple of days ago, him talking about COVID. And I don't think, you know, athletics are going to necessarily make this situation worse. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's not. I tend to think that coaches should generally coach. I, I think coaches making predictions about pandemics usually is, is fraught with all kinds of potential problems. But Jim has been such a lightning rod for criticism with the wackiness that he does, the climbing of the trees, the sleepovers with recruits, the goofiness that is associated with Jim Harbaugh during his tenure. That's great if you're winning championships. If you're not, you just kind of look like a goofball. And I think, and I think that's what gets, he's in danger of. Yeah. Fans get sick of it. You know, it, I think Ward it's Manuel. It's not cute anymore, Mike. That's the yeah. problem. You I know? think Ward Manuel will keep him around forever because it's an easy thing to do. You know, I, it, having to fire Jim Harbaugh would be brutal. And I don't think Ward Manuel will ever really do that until it gets so bad that would have to do it. I just think that. To your point, there is really not that much of a difference between the schools themselves. Michigan is the winningest college football program in history by, on the basis of wins. I believe they're first. I think they've. I think they still have the number one spot. But the Ohio State players are consistently better. Yeah, they are just. They are a lot Faster. better quality players, yeah. especially yeah. the skill positions on both sides of the ball that give them an advantage. And I don't know that it's necessarily Harbaugh versus Ryan Day. George, I'll, I'll spin it over to you for a second because what Rich is saying about the offense is accurate, but it's odd to me because there wasn't a problem with the offenses when he was at Stanford, when he was at the University of San Diego and Josh Johnson was his quarterback. When he was in the NFL, he made a switch midseason from Alex Smith, who was playing well, to Colin Kaepernick, and they went to the Super Bowl and almost won as a result of that decision and his guidance. Now, Kaepernick added a lot of things, George, on the field, particularly when he was a young, unknown player that we're seeing, you know, uh, nearly a decade later are ever popular in the NFL. But it's odd, right? Harbaugh was not a problematic offensive head coach. Well, that sort of leads you to two things, you know, doesn't it? Have the, has the league caught up to him? His offense is not quite there. Is he not inventive anymore? Is he not putting in the work to be different. How they, they, do they know his schemes now? I mean, that's the first thing I would uh, think of there. With, uh, you always had success every place else you were, but now it's not working. Why? Why isn't it working? You have teams caught on to what you're trying to do. Do you not have the players? You know, that carry out what you want to do. You're not making the, the correct adjustments here. I, Harbor's a weird guy. He is. Because uh, he, he's entertaining. Yes. But, but he like is, him. but he does get dismissive. If you start to challenge him, George, he gets dismissive. He treats the media members like they're jerks. He's uh, it makes fun of Jim Schwartz when he slaps him on the back during that one game. It's like this whole thing. Like it's a whole act. And I don't know if you're ever really getting the true guy. Yeah. I, and I, that's sort of where I was. Going. I don't think you are. 
I think he's doing what he's uh, doing for a reason. And mainly it's to get the recruits, but be a little quirky, little be a little out there. I do wonder if he's a square hole, round peg guy. It's going to be my way or that's it. I'm not changing what I do. You have to, you know, and I don't like that in football. I think you have to adjust to your players, which sometimes can be a little bit more different at the, difficult at the college level because you don't have as much film on some of your new recruits here. But I do think maybe he's just recruiting the wrong types of people to run his system. I don't know how he can mess this up, Rich. The guy played quarterback forever. He went to AFC Championship games. He was on good teams. He had good quarterbacks at his other stops. What's happening here? Yeah, it's really curious to me. I, I would be the first one to admit I thought it was a home run hire when it happened. Um, hasn't been a home run, probably a probably a bloop double, I would say, so far through the first five years. I just quickly going back, I thought George brought up a great point. I, I, I think it's the lack of inventiveness. That That's what I would lean on at this point, because at, at Stanford, his offense was very vanilla. It was use a fullback ground and pound offensive line was exceptional during his years on the farm, two tight ends. It was an old school pro style kind of an offense. I I think trying to use that in today's big 10, this isn't, you know, your dad's big 10 any longer using it in today's big 10 just hasn't been working. And Ohio state and their staff, you know, going back to the Tom Herman days, Ryan day. Now uh, they've just been more inventive Uh, their offenses are explosive. Their players are faster they're doing a better job of developing next level players really on both sides of the ball than Michigan is. And, and Jim's just got a lot of work before he catches up to the Buckeyes. Good stuff there. I will come right back, talk a little bit more on the college football landscape with Rich and George. Uh, We'll come right back here on FFC. Get on the grid. We'll be right back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. 
It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th, just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Back on Football Full Circle, talking about really fun stuff this week uh, in college athletics and college sports. Uh, Rich, Ivy League really was, they had announced uh, about July 1 that they were going to take the next week to evaluate the situation, the ongoing situation related to the COVID-19 pandemic and make an announcement on July 8th. They did make that announcement on July 8th and it said consistent with campus health and safety policies across the league, the Ivy League presidents outlined a phased in approach to intercollegiate athletics, including no competition prior to the end of the fall semester due to the COVID-19 pandemic. So I said this to Joe yesterday when we were talking in that as much as the Ivy League is not on the same roadmap as the Power Five schools, we're talking football here, right? It doesn't really rate. They have a bunch of players in the league and they can put out NFL quality talent. They've done that uh, several times uh, over the years. In fact, more so recently than when we were a little bit younger. But um, they still are seen and looked at as a guiding force within college athletics overall due to the history. They've won millions of championships back when the NCAA was before it was even on the early days of the NCAA. And over the years, they have still been seen as some seen as institutions that they can take guidance from. Other institutions can take guidance from them. So I thought that was a really important domino to fall. Once the Ivy League said it, the other leagues sort of looked at one another and said, well, we can't. We can't just go out there like nothing's happened. And then these conference-only schedules started to get announced. I think there's other sports that will probably just be eliminated from competition at some point this fall. As you and I both know, it's really about football, everything else be damned. That's really what they're just trying to do here. They don't care if volleyball happens. They need the football money. Yeah, dollars and cents, like George said in a previous segment, there's no question about it. Um and and maybe we'll talk about it in a few minutes, but the the dollars and cents are not just for, uh, not not just for the football program, not just for the football staff, which is well paid, but it's for a lot of other athletic programs uh, that are gonna and, and already are being impacted. I'll touch on that more uh, in a couple of minutes in in some of the takes that I have on that. But in terms of the Ivy League, I think it was also a case of. You know, nobody wanted to blink at this point. You know, no conference was saying anything. No commissioner was saying anything. Big conference, small conference, D2, FCS. And so the Ivy League finally was the first one to blink and say, yeah. this doesn't feel normal. Uh, we're concerned about the safety uh, of our student athletes. Uh, of course, I mean, Clemson and Princeton are on com- two completely different planes when it comes to talent uh, or the financial impact. But the fact that there was one conference, one as respected as the Ivy League, that said, we, we see an environment in which it's not healthy to send our student athletes out to play football is something that has to be paid attention to because, you know, this virus does not discriminate. It doesn't 
matter if you're a five-star athlete or if you're a walk-on at Dartmouth. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. So if it's going to, in theory, impact those student athletes at the Ivy League, it can certainly happen in the Big 12. So I, I think once the Ivy League made that move, I think then decisions, the wheels were in motion and decisions had to be made. And so far, for those of us who love the sport uh, and who really rely on the sport, it's, it's been mostly bad information. Yeah, George, we've talked about this a bunch, but it, it really, as Rich said, I think he said it well, the Ivy League was the first one to blink. And it started to, I think, put in perspective decisions having to be made. We can't just sit here and act like it's okay by the way, you and I have talked about this a ton throughout all of this. It's okay to act as if, but with a perception of reality. You can't just be saying, like the Texas governor said a couple of weeks ago, ah, we're going to have stadiums half full, and then a month later uh, they're shutting everything down. You have to be realistic about it and at least tell people, look, we have plans in place because we could have games with fans, we could have games with no fans, we could have games with some fans. Whatever the discussion is, I think it's okay to tell people you have a plan in place, but be realistic about what's happening around you. And I think to some extent, college athletics was holding their breath until somebody finally said something, and the Ivy League was the one to do it. Yeah, they were the one to do it, and I do wonder if it's the first domino to fall, right? Uh, the Ivy League falls. Now we saw it with the Big Ten, they're only going to play conference only. Is that the second domino? You know, and then eventually uh, we, we, just can't, we can't play at all. It's, just, it's not going to work. It's not healthy for uh, – our students, for our employees, that sort of thing. So uh, I think, it was, like I said, it was, to me, it's the first domino. Once that first uh, comment said so, now other comments are like, all right, we're not the first anymore. They did it. Now it's okay for us to do it. It's, I think it's a lot of big, it's a big PR game a lot. It's okay to plan to have a full season. It's hopeful. And you have to plan that way because you don't want to be caught off guard in case you, oh, we can't have a full yeah. season. Yeah, like, it's your I job think, to figure it out, right? It's your job. It's like in all aspects. You know, all aspects. You plan that, that everything's going to be run as normal. It's what we're doing. You know, you, me, Rich, we're, we're talking as if the football season, when we write yeah. things, is going to be played in full. But we also know that odds are it's not going to happen. You know, it's not going to be quite that way. It might be close. It might be different in different conferences. We don't know how it's going to be. Some conferences are playing conference only. Other conferences, the SEC, are going to be like the NFL. And they think the virus is going to bend to them. You know, that it, will, it won't affect football. I think Rich joked earlier that... uh what, uh, the, you know, football will have a immunity to COVID. You know, it's, it's not going to happen, but they want to believe that. And they'll, maybe they're not making plan Bs, plan Cs. Because I think you have to. Yeah, you know, I truly think you have to. Listen, you know my belief. I think a lot of these sports are going to try, they're going to start, but very few of them, if any, are going to be able to finish. Yeah, uh, Rich, on, on the other part of this conversation um, was that Stanford University announced that they were cutting 11 sports. Now, they had a, an extremely large Division I uh, athletic program, 36 sports, cutting it all the way down to 25 at the end of this academic year. Uh, so uh, it's sad, obviously. Uh, the players that were on scholarship whose sports were being cut, their scholarships will be honored, so they're doing the right thing there. Uh, I think some people look at the $27 billion endowment and say, how could you not afford this? Uh, in my experience, these schools do not dip into their endowments at all. It's for future projects. What would cost $27 billion? I have no idea. But they typically don't dip into the endowment to save athletics or save a sport. Can the sports be fully endowed by somebody, by a rich donor? Yeah, potentially. But that's a Band-Aid. 
into what is really the rea- is what is the reality of college athletics, and that's that most of these programs, a very high percentage, run in the red. They need the football money to keep the other things afloat, but they're still sort of running in the red. And people are like, how could they be possible? SEC schools are getting $50 million a year from ESPN just for football and, and or just for their television rights and on and on and on. But big staffs, lots of coaches, big money being paid, athletics facilities, which they try to raise money for, still need to supplement. <clears throat> There's an arms race out there, and they've been running in the red most of the time. Yeah, maybe this is um, this will not make me popular, which is is fine. Um, but you know, I I I feel bad. I do. I, I know there are jobs that'll be lost. There will be athletes that don't get to play. But I'm not sure why you know Stanford squash, which is one of the programs that will be eliminated, uh, or Stanford synchronized swimming, uh, should be immune to the realities that all of us live in. Uh, I've lost jobs because of economic reasons. I've had companies that have shut down. I've had divisions that could no longer function any longer. And it sucks. Uh, But college athletics, which in many cases have been running in the red, uh, maybe need to do a better job in the future that if you want to be a functioning athletic program at a particular university, find a damn way to run in the black, or maybe it doesn't belong. Uh, you know, that to me is the cold reality. And I know it makes me sound like the Grinch at this point, but if not having football revenue for one season means that you no longer can function, it's possible you shouldn't be functioning. That's number one. Uh, to, just, you know what, just Bypass me. Send that hate mail to uh, George Kurtz. <laughs> um, yeah, please do. All hate mail uh, at George yeah, Kurtz on Twitter. Just send it right over to George. Even if you hate Rich, it for send me. it to George. He'll, he'll forward it. I drew a straw straw. So what am I going to do? He'll, he'll, send it, he'll send it over to me. But one other quick thing, too, which maybe has been missed is not just those, uh, those ancillary programs at universities, but just by going uh, conference schedule only, as you guys probably know, Big Ten now eliminates, for instance, those MAC games. Those are money games for those programs. Central uh, Bowling Green, for instance, was scheduled to make $2.2 million from their two games versus Big Ten opponents. So without those games, $2.2 million to Bowling Green, that's a lot of money for the Falcons. So, you know, this ripple effect that's taking place is not just Olympic sports and sports that you don't watch on TV, but some of those MAC programs that maybe you love are really taking a a big hit on the chin uh, by conference-only football. George, one ripple effect that I thought about this week during all of this stuff, particularly Stanford, is that and I have issues with some of the youth, the way youth sports are run these days. I don't want to see it result in this, but it, it does have a ripple effect. Hear me out. If many of these sports, these non-revenue generating sports, start to get cut at these schools and there are no available scholarships for some of these types of sports, all of those youth sports, first of all, the coaches that will not have jobs, they're not going to coach club because there's no money in it. And all of those youth sports coaches that help train your squash player, your synchronized swimmer, your field hockey player at camps and all of this other kind of pay for play stuff, that has a ripple effect to affect them because 
your parents aren't going to pay a lot of money for you to try to get a field hockey scholarship if there's no field hockey scholarship. You know what I mean? Absolutely, I know what you mean. Yeah, but like Rich said, no one wants to be the Grinch here, but the reality is the reality. Okay, if I'm running Stanford, cut the 11 sports, I would have done the same exact thing, right? I mean, it's the first thing you do in any in any business. What do you do when times are tough? You cut the fat. You cut the stuff that's not helping you make uh, make money. Whatever it is, you have extra staff. They got to go. And it's just it's just the realities of what the way business is. I'm a nice guy. I want I don't want to see anybody lose their job ever. But I would have done the same thing. I'm looking. Oh, listen, this sport's not making me money. I gotta, I gotta cut this sport so I can save something else that is doing well, yeah. right? And eventually, even the stuff that's making money but not making enough money, that might have to go too. We don't know where this is going to lead to, but that's just the way the reality of business. I, I said I don't want to see anybody lose their business. I don't want to see scholarships go away. I feel bad for the kids, of course, but the reality is it, we're living in tough times right now, unknown times. We don't know where this is going to lead to. Tough decisions have to be made, and I think I would have done the same damn thing. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Back on the grid, FFC, talking about, George, you had an interesting story uh, that you brought up before the show that I wanted to discuss regarding a lawsuit. And uh, We talked about many depressing things in this hour related to college football, it moving it over to the NFL. And what do you got here for me? Yeah, I mean, this, I don't think this is a surprise. Whenever there's a new CBA, it seems like the retired players are the ones that always get uh, the shaft, the short end of the stick, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and now we have, what, retired NFL players, Avion Kaysan and Don Mikowski, the magic man, 
if you're a Packers fan, have filed a federal lawsuit against the NFL and the NFLPA over the new CBA slashing of total and permanent disability benefits to previously vested players. We talked about this. We talked about this before the CBA was signed, and it was a big sticking point for some people as to why not to sign. And there's not there. They reconfigured some of these benefits for the retired players. And I'm not even a little surprised that this happened. I'm sure they took their time to put this lawsuit together. Obviously, the pandemic hit might have slowed down the uh, wheels of of, uh, commerce to some extent, including on the legal side. But uh, I'm not that surprised. It does remove some benefits to some of the most disabled players. And I, they didn't. It's always an odd thing, right? Where you have the the current players looking out for themselves, but trying to keep an eye on the retired players, whom they will be someday, pretty soon, frankly, for most of them. But um, I don't know what the possibilities of winning a lawsuit like this are, George. But I understand where those guys are coming from. How can a previously negotiated CBA? get re-signed and impact the disabilities I was already receiving. It's sad. I mean, it's just sad. How the NFL treats their uh, their former players, their retired players, is just sad. I mean, we say it over and over again. Football is a brutal sport. And these guys weren't making millions upon millions of dollars. No. You know, some problem maybe, but a lot, of, a lot of players in the NFL aren't. They're making good money, better than you and I, of course. But that they have a, such a short shelf life, it's not – Money that's going to last for the rest of their lives. They get them a good head start. And, you know, they have physical, dis- they are, you know, disabling injuries. It's just sad. The, way the NFL is pretty much, once you're retired, we forget about you. It's not the CBA. We're not doing it. We don't care. You know, a lot of it's, it is like that. It's, I, I said, I, sad is just the, it's almost criminal in my mind how they do this. And you're right. The, uh, the players who are playing now, well, they're worried about themselves more than the uh, players who are gone. I, I know you, you shouldn't do that because the players who are gone were the ones who set the, the game up for you to make the millions upon millions you're making now. So it's it's tough really both ways. I think it's more on the NFL owners. We should be, you know, you're a gazillion billion dollars, and everyone's worth billions. You're, you're, these franchises are worth billions upon billions. You can't do more for your former players. You know, yeah. I, just, I think it's sad. Yeah, and I, I remember, uh, I've listened to Jeff Saturday talk about the negotiations, <clears throat> excuse me, my voice cracks. <laughs> Jeff Saturday talk about the 2011 CBA negotiations because he was a big part of it then. So this is the previous one that was existing before this new one got signed in March. And many people, critics of the NFLPA, talked about how the players gave up more revenue, seemingly for less practice time. That was a big sort of talking point. Ah, these guys don't want to practice, and they gave up a whole bunch of league revenue? Not quite that. Jeff Saturday said a big sticking point for them was pension and health benefits for the long term, looking out for former players whom he knew he was going to be someday. So he perceived that part of it as a win. Didn't matter that other people saw it as a loss because they gave up revenue, right, and they were... Uh, under 50% of the league revenues, he saw it as a win because they got a lot of guys' healthcare coverage and pensions long-term. I have a friend that I went to high school with who played in the NFL for eight or nine years, and his pension's looking pretty good. 
He can take it when he's 55. He can take it when he's 65, all different kinds of payments. And it's a really, believe me, it's a nice pension. You can look it up online, what, play, what NFL players would get when they're 55 and when they're 65. It's hundreds of thousands of dollars annually. It's great. Uh, plus, they have health benefits for, I think he's got health benefits through the NFL if he needs them uh, for him and his family for long term. I'll look that up. Pretty sure that's the case. In any event, George, to then now reverse some of the, the work that they made in the previous CBA, it's got to be frustrating for all the guys that worked on that, all the guys that were receiving the benefits. I just don't, I just don't get it. Like, is that where we need to cut costs? It shouldn't be. Was it guys who, and the guys who have no voice, right? They're not yeah. on the, uh, the, the current, uh, the union council or anything like that. They have no voice. Uh, of course it shouldn't be that way. You know, it, it's, you say the word frustrating, uh, boy, I, I would probably use stronger language than that if I'm a former player and I see stuff that I had. I had it one day, now the next day I don't have it. Yeah. That would probably drive, I mean, I would be livid. It would be probably the word I would use. Yeah, I would be very angry. Uh, I, just, I just think, once again, how they treat their former players, because I think NFL owners look at, what have you done for me lately? Like, how old is Don Mikowski? Like, Don Mikowski's got to be pushing 60, right? The magic man? He's that old. I'm going to say pushing 60, yeah. Oh, I think I way overestimated. Yeah, I was thinking my age. 56. He's oh, okay. 56 I'm years old. old. So, um, not that old, folks. I don't want people to tell me I'm pushing 60 when I'm 56. So yeah. I'm not going to say that about him. I was off by a couple of years. But, um, and I don't know what his health status is. I mean, maybe it's maybe it's just okay. Maybe he's dealing with some stuff. But I, I don't know. But clearly, uh, he needed these benefits. And there's guys that are disabled in some way to keep them from working a standard job, George. It's not that they've been screwing around for 25 years after they retired. Some guys, they get into their 50s, might be hard to get back and forth to an office every day. Maybe they were working in a more physical job post-retirement and they can't do it anymore. That's why they need to rely on this stuff. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, said, I always say... Uh... You know, as far as all sports are concerned, you know, we get mad at some of the money these players are making, which is always silly to me, by the way. We'd all want them as much money if we could play, yeah. right? But uh, I'll, you, you can't begrudge a football player his money because of stories like this, right? These guys are going to have health problems throughout the rest of their life. They might not live. I, I, I don't know what the study is as far as uh, does a football player live as long as a normal person? I would imagine not. Certainly not the quality of life. You're going to have foot, uh, foot problems, back problems. You know, we got some guys we can't get out of bed. Historically, historically, they definitely had a shorter lifespan. I don't know what it looks like in recent years, but historically, definitely a a shorter lifespan. Uh, you have for to. Sure. You have to. It's, you're getting, especially linemen, running backs. You're getting into so many car crashes in a game. You know, you're hitting bodies upon bodies all the time. You're going to have, you know, creaks and aches. And I said, I don't begrudge a football player. I don't begrudge any of the football players. Not because of the pandemic, but who are opting, I'm done. Andrew Luck, right? He said, you know what? I've taken enough hits. I've got enough money. I'm done. I want to live a healthy life. Because we hear all the sad stories. You and I grew up with Earl Campbell, right? Yeah. One of the greatest running backs. I mean, this guy was a freight train. Yeah. And he paid for it after he retired. He can barely walk now. Well, he's in a wheelchair. He's on crutches. Al yeah. Toon, who never got really recovered from those concussions he got, yeah. right? And the brain injury, always there. You always hear about this. It's a violent game. You know, we love it, yes, and we love the big hits, and they have big sells, and I still love the big hits, seeing somebody get creamed over the middle, yeah. But these guys pay for it later on in life, and they should be taken care of better by the NFL. All 
All right, let's try and uh, let's just do something on the fly here. Try and uh, have some fun because we've talked about a bunch of depressing topics this hour, uh, but we'll try to come up with something fun on the fly here. So you talk about you've talked in the past about some of your favorite games. Let's try to do something in that vein. So uh, I'll think of my biggest memory of having gone to. Well, we'll, we'll start it. We'll go general. Pull it back from football for a minute. The most memorable sporting event that you attended. What was it? Most memorable sporting event that I attended, boy, um, I did go to some Yankee playoff games in the uh, in the 70s. My grandmother worked for uh, the Plaza Hotel, and that's where George Steinbrenner stayed. So they were free tickets, Mike. All right, yes. my family got free tickets uh, about 10 rows behind the Yankee dugout. Wow. I, George. Was, George. And my father would never go. Really? My father, who's, who was a Yankee fan, would did not back then did not want to go to the Bronx. Bronx was a different story back then, back in the 70s. He said, well... You know, it was a little bit more dangerous. He wouldn't go. It was go. gritty. It was gritty back then. And back when I got the tickets, Mike, uh, when I was old enough, the Yankees weren't good anymore. It was during the Don Mattingly days. But I was there for a bunch of Mattingly's, uh, that home run record he set, and the Grand Slams. As far That's as cool. memorable. That was probably, a bomb. A bomb. The sixth Grand Slam that he hit, a bomb. I was there for a bunch of those. Uh, as far as uh, most memorable, it would have to be the Islanders. I was there for uh, a Stanley Cup game or two uh, in the uh, the 80s. That we got tickets to, my mom got tickets to. So it'll be the uh, more the uh, the Islanders because it was higher up. I didn't get I didn't get to see any World Series games for the Yankees, just the playoff games. And so I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Islanders. That was Stanley Cup. That's pretty good. Those are good ones. I got a couple myself. I mean, the one that I think I'll never forget uh, was because I was a student and I road tripped out. Um, BC played Notre Dame. We road tripped across halfway across the country uh, to South Bend, Indiana, and Notre Dame's last um, potentially undefeated team in 1993 was a powerhouse team. They were 10 and 0. Uh, BC had gone; they had just beaten Florida State. Charlie Ward's Florida State team. Ward was about to win the Heisman Trophy. It was deemed uh, the game of the century, although there was like a game every year that they call a game of the century. Um, Notre Dame won that BC for the next week and game winning uh, seven game winning streak and actually beat Notre Dame to end the season on the last on the final play of Notre Dame's regular season to go 11 and 0, be undefeated, go to a bowl game, potentially win the national championship. BC kicked a game winning walk off field goal. Uh, and that was cool. That one will will not be beat because I was young. I was impressionable. I was BC football was my favorite thing at the time. And um, that was a fun, a fun one as far as other. Uh, so that's a football moment. Um, but I was at Derek Jeter's walk off home run in the 2001 World Series. That's a pretty darn good one. And uh, yeah, that was a good one. I, that game was on, I, or maybe it was a YouTube clip or something the other day, surfaced, and I watched Tino's home run, and I was like, oh, now i got to watch the Jeter one. But Tino's home run, it's it was it's almost debatable which was louder because Shinning had, Schilling had spun such a gem that I was sitting there in the eighth inning, Byung Hung Kim strikes everybody out, and I was like, we're going to lose. World Series over, going to be down 3-1. And then Tino launches a rocket. The place goes crazy. And an inning later, uh, Jeter hits the walk-off. So uh, those are cool moments. I also was at an NCAA tournament game or two that were 
pretty incredible. But uh, we'll get to that one next time. Thank you, everybody, for watching this edition of Football Full Circle. Uh, on behalf of Rich Germanello, who's the co-host of College Football Today, and our uh, excellent producer, Brian Rakowski, George Kurtz, receiver of hate mail, myself, Mike Blewett. Thanks for watching. Get on the grid. We'll see you again next time on FMC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid-back appeal and down-home vibes. As a dad of seven kids, he knows exactly what fathers want and need when it comes to their style. This collection reflects his casually cool styles with outdoor-inspired details and versatile colors. Perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. 
Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.